0: provision for you. You need to find that out so you're not frustrated. Amen. So it looks like Facebook is coming back up. We're going to get back over there. So that's why Rob was saying we got to get that extended battery. We
1: apologize. We had charged it up fully, but I guess it doesn't have even an hour worth of charge without the extended battery, which we've, uh, well, we'll have in this week, but we'll give everybody just a second to come back. My apologies. Uh, for that I had no idea that was going to happen so uh, we'll try and, and, and see what what happens. <laughs> Are they back? How they coming back in? So
0: Facebook is coming back in, and then it was it, it was a great opportunity to minister to somebody over here on IG <laughs> that I actually used an example for somebody that it's her life right there that she actually wants to be a model. So that's mm, really good. Okay. So we're gonna come back and catch you guys back up. We're gonna give um, Facebook a chance to um, to come on back in. Look, stick left. Listen, people left. Facebook and went, and went to IG. That's why you want to have multiple platforms.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. So we'll, 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 give everybody a chance to kind of come back. Uh, it looks like 40 of them have come back. Uh, again, my apologies. Uh, our Mevo powered down. Uh, that's, you, you learn something new when you do something new. So, uh, we'll get back into this teaching in just a moment and then i'll make sure that before the hour is up because we spend a lot of time just kind of doing some introduction stuff before we started teaching uh, i'm watching my watch i'll restart uh instagram um instagram can y'all see both of us it looks like for on my side it's off a little bit and so i can move the camera um i'll do whatever i need
0: to to, to make that work for you guys i want the viewing experience to be decent for you so no, this is really good. So um, while we were trying to get back on Facebook, I'll tell you something that just happened that for on Instagram, which is great about having these different um, tech places, platforms that mm-hmm. you can reach people. Well, Facebook went down, but Instagram kept going. And so one of the things that we talked about over there, because we're talking about faith starts where the will of God is known. Right. And I happened to use an example where I said, let's say you want to be a model and you believe God has called you to be a model. Mm-hmm. But you have now decided that you're going to go to New York to be a model, except God wants you to go to Paris. Mm-hmm. Or God wants you to go to L.A. because he's already given you favor there. But you are determined to go to New York because you always wanted to live in New York. Mm-hmm. And you want to be close to your mama and them. And so then you go to New York and you hit your head against the wall. Mm-hmm. And you keep hearing God say you're supposed to be a model. But you're not getting opportunities. And then you go, well, does God not love me? It's so important that we hear God about the specifics. And if oh, all absolutely. of us are honest. We have all heard God tell us he was going to do something in our life. Mm -hmm. We've heard some word, like our pastor says, you said it's the year of great harvest, Mm -hmm. and we just take off running. We just take off full speed ahead. This is how I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it this way. And literally, we try to use our faith to force God into doing it His way, and then we quote Jeremiah twenty nine and eleven. It says He knows the plans and thoughts that He has for us, but then we try to force our plans and thoughts down yes. His throat. Yeah, I agree totally, hundred percent. And so
1: one of the one of the things we, we were about to talk about <laughs> before our Mevo power down was this this whole idea about <clears throat> the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God. When we talk about the kingdom of God. In living the supernatural, those should not be two separate things Mm -hmm. that living in the kingdom of God and experiencing the supernatural should be like living on earth and and, and using oxygen. It should be something that just just happens. Right. And so there's a scripture uh, that that I just love. It's in first Corinthians uh, chapter four, verse 20. Um, and it's, it's about three or four different translations that I, that I like of it. And, but I, I want you to just listen to, to, to what it says, though. So in the King James Version, 1 Corinthians 4 and 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. So in the kingdom of God, we ought to be expecting to see signs, wonders, and miracles. In the, in the Passion Translation, it says it like this. It says, For the kingdom realm of God, It comes with power, not simply impressive words. And that's the reason we say all the time that we don't really care whether or not we're the most eloquent speakers. Now, don't get me wrong. We want to work on our craft and we want to be able to communicate in such a way that people understand what we're meaning. But at the end of the day, like in your 30 days of healing, right? Whether whether or not you've used fancy words or people get healed, you're going to choose to heal. Absolutely. Because the kingdom realm, the kingdom of God is not just about impressive words. The Bible says it comes with power. And then the New Living Translation says, for the kingdom of God is not just a lot of talk. (laughs) It is living by God's power. It is living. By God's power. What does it mean to be in the kingdom of God? Does it mean you go to church? No. Does it mean you fast? No. Does it mean you give? No. Does it mean you pray? No. We do those things, but we know that you're operating the kingdom because there's power associated with what you do. You know, uh, it's, it's it's like when people read the book that you wrote, Black Women: A Black Woman's Guide to Building Wealth. Or, or, or live free, right? Or someone listens to to to, to a message that I teach, you know, and, and they hear those and they go, oh my God, it changed my life. It's a power source connected to that. And that's what the kingdom of God is about. And then the voice translation, the last one that I'll read for First Corinthians 4 and 20, it says the kingdom of God is not a realm of grandiose talk, but it is a realm of what? Power. And it's so important to operate in that realm of power. <coughs> Excuse me. And so this morning, we thought what we would do is we take a few minutes and we want to walk you through just like seven principles that we've discovered that helps us to operate in that realm of power and not just grandiose talk, not just impressive words. Uh, and so when I say that, this by this by no this by no means. Uh, is, is, is some simple, formulated, step-by-step process we're trying to give you. What we're saying is, hey, listen, here are seven principles, and it ain't even in a certain order, but here are seven principles that we have learned and we've garnered from our life that will absolutely, we believe, help benefits you in being able to walk out the things necessary so you can experience the supernatural power of God in your life. Anything you want to say about that?
0: Hey, man, What I would just say is that, you know, again, there are people who get really tied to the principles. Mm-hmm. And then they get so tied to, I got to do step one, step two, step three, step four. And then they actually miss when the presence of God is leading yes. them to do yes. something differently. Yes. And so the principles are good. They are. But we want to keep principles tied to presence. Yes. What is God telling you to do? What's the order that he's telling you to do them, Mm -hmm. right? Don't make it complicated. Make it like, hey, God, I got these steps. What do you want me to do next? Hey, and and I think if you do that, because I feel like so many people are striving to believe God when it ought to just be the natural output of spending time with somebody.
1: It is. And, and, And here's what you have to remember, too. When we talk about believing, what do we always say? Believing is what? a choice. You choose to believe. So, when people say, well, I'm trying to believe God, all it means is you have a whole lot of other evidence in your life that's convincing you not to. Come on. That's so, what good. you have to learn to do is to kick that evidence out of your life. You gotta flood your fear with faith. And so, it's, it's you know, I understand that and I, I never look down on people when they say that, but the truth of the matter is, you could choose right now to believe that elephants are pink. You could just choose to believe that. Even if you saw that with gray, you would be like, nope, they pink. You can you can convince your mind of it if you give yourself enough reason and information. Well, that's the reason why we tell people they got to love the word. Because if you love the word, you give yourself enough reason and information about how good God really is. So believing is a choice. And so these seven principles we want to share, the reason we want to share them is because we believe that God wants to do great things In you, through you, and for you. Mm -hmm. We believe that God wants to do that. We believe that it is the mandate of the kingdom for God to be good to us. Amen? Amen. And so uh, the first principle we want to talk about uh, is that you have to learn to hear God's voice. I think we already kind of said that, didn't we? Principle number one: You've got to learn to hear God's voice. Listen. In order to operate in the supernatural, you have to develop a keen sensitivity to the person of the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit is not just this thing that people have experienced sometimes in church when people take off running or, or people start screaming, or booking, or hollering. The Holy person, the Holy Spirit, is a person. Yes. He is a part of the of the tri the tripartite part. Of God, he's part of the Godhead uh, and in fact, it is God in us, yes. that's what the Holy Spirit is, it's God in us uh, the Bible said that, that had the enemy known that if he crucified Jesus, he was going to release the Holy Spirit to all of us, he never would have crucified Jesus, it. because he had Jesus in one place at the time but when he crucified him, he gave him the ability to come into all of our lives God doesn't work the same way all the time, we just talked about that uh, we need to be able to hear his direction for every situation we, we face. And the only way to do that is you've got to be in tune to hearing what Holy Spirit has to say. Mm-hmm. Consider this fact. When Jesus worked miracles, uh, when Jesus had signs and wonders following him, when he prayed for different people, he never even prayed the exact same way every time. Every time was organic. Why? Because it was, it was in a unique situation and I believe he was doing that to show us that we don't show up and expect God to move the same way every single time. That you've got to be in tune to hearing what he is saying. Jesus was unconventional, was unconventional but he was always spirit-led. Mm-hmm. You talk about that a lot. Sometimes you have to be unconventional and also be spirit-led. Because the key here is that he did what his father was telling him to do. In fact, he said...
0: When they asked you, he said, "I only do, I only do. what I see the Father doing, mm-hmm. and I only hear what I see the Father saying." Yes. And I, the challenge for a lot of people is that they don't create enough space to be able to discern the voice of God. Now, God is always speaking. Yes. He's always speaking. Anybody named the Word of God always has something yes. to say. He's always speaking, but but we minimize it. You know what I'm saying? Something told me these little ways you want to get really sensitive and the holy spirit is so good he knows how to speak to you different than he speaks to me oh absolutely because we're not the same right so the holy spirit knows how to speak to you you've got to make yourself sensitive and train yourself to listen and then to be willing to step out and let me throw this in if you walk with god long enough you're gonna miss him Mm -hmm. so you should know that up front because nobody's perfect in this thing right you're going to miss him, but he is such a good God. In Ephesians two ten, yes. he says, "I have many paths for you." Yes. That means he had to walk out the journey and look at every place you could miss it and find a way to get you back. So even when you miss it, don't beat yourself up and say, "I'm never going to try to hear God again." No. You just repent and get up and keep going. But the more, the more you, you the more you are in his
1: presence, the more you cultivate that hearing, right? Mm-hmm. And I like what you said, train yourself. You have to train yourself to hear the voice of God. The Bible says in John chapter 5, verse 19, it says, then Jesus answered and said unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what thing soever he doeth these also do with the Son likewise. That's what you were saying, that Mm -hmm. Jesus Mm -hmm. trained himself to only do what the Father did and to only say what the Father said. Now, different situations call for different things, but they were all things the Father would would have said or have said or have done. Jesus' ability to hear and see the actions of his Heavenly Father came out of the time he spent with them. You know, it's funny because I said this a couple weeks ago, the more time you spend with somebody... The more you become like them. Right. The more people who hang around you, they start to sound like you. You know, it's funny. You go to your Facebook page. Right. And you look at all of the friends on your Facebook page, the people who comment and like the most, they 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 put a lot of stuff on their page like you put. Well, the same thing is true for my Facebook page. (laughs) The people who like and comment the most on my page, they hang around on my page the most. Uh, and so that's a very, very important. And so uh, I need to restart Instagram. And while I do, Pastor John, you can you can finish up this whole idea about learning to hear from God and then you can go to point two.
0: All right. So I, you, how do you spend time? How do you learn to tr- hear anybody's voice, guys? You learn to hear people's voice by it, spending time with them. Right. And so, you know, Ellen and I have been married almost 26 years i know his voice so much better than i did when we first met yeah. not only do i know his voice i am able to understand that what somebody um what somebody else may think is a certain tone, Mm. I hear it as something totally different Mm. because of the intimacy that we have. And it's, you know, one of the things that I think is a dangerous thing is that we we allow people to tell us about God who don't see him as love. Mm. Now, that's one of our points. Mm. We won't skip down to that. But if you don't know someone, if you're just taking their words, you can easily misrepresent their heart. Absolutely. And so, so we're so we're saying that you gotta spend time with God. You have to spend time in the written word. You have to spend time in prayer. And I also want to point this out because I think these things are important. That when when we say you want to spend time in prayer, we're not saying you gotta be in your prayer closet at five a.m. For two hours. Right. We're saying you ought to make it a practice of listening to God all of the time. Mm-hmm. That's what we say when we mean prayer. So many people, when they pray, all they do is talk. Yeah. They just say everything they need. They go in the prayer closet. It's they, like word
1: vomit. Word vomit. They just go in and just tell God everything and then walk out. They never stop to hear what God has to say about it.
0: Yes. Yeah. So you want to just get in that practice of listening, asking at when you're parenting your kids, mm-hmm. how should I handle this situation? Many people are frustrated because you try to parent your third kid like your first kid. They're not the same kid. How should I handle this situation with my boss? How should I have? where should I go? That story that you had where the Lord told you the right place mm-hmm. to go to get the supplies mm-hmm. that we needed, right? And so if you want to sensitize your spiritual ears and eyes, you've got to put yourself in position to actually hear God. If you don't put yourself in position, he can be speaking all around you and you don't recognize it. And here's a good example. Anybody ever got a new car? And you've got a new car and you say, oh, I've never seen a gray one of these, whatever. And then as soon as you get the gray car, you notice how many gray cars it was there. Why? Because now that that car is in your realm, mm-hmm. in your area, you now can see every place else it exists. Mm-hmm. So when we make it a point to listen to God, yes. then we begin to see everywhere he is. And it keeps us from being what I think too many believers are, which is devil conscious. Mm-hmm. They know every place the devil yeah. is moving. They know know every demon it is but you can't recognize God that's not how Jesus was he was way more concerned about what the father was doing than anything the enemy had going on why because God is greater than the enemy
1: so number one you gotta
0: learn to hear God's voice in your life you gotta learn to hear God's voice right Mm Mm-hmm. okay so number two is create God's presence in your life I'd like to add a word create space for God's presence in your life Create an environment that is conducive to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Things thrive in the right environment. Plants need the right environment. Love needs the right environment. Success needs the right environment. And the presence of God needs the right environment. Right, Which
1: which means you need to be doing the right things that create the presence or create the space for the presence of God to operate in your life, right? Right. So that that means you need to have some time during the day that you you do uh, meditate on the things of God. You know, you talk all the time about waking up and setting your attention. When we talk about setting your intention, that's a wonderful opportunity to wake up and say, you know what, Father, I thank you that I'm alive again today. I know it may seem silly, but you could, before your feet ever touch the ground, you know, some people set their alarm so they, they only got enough time to get up and get running you know you got to create that space you got to spend some time you know if you if you know that you're going to be busy uh, once you get home with your kids and everything on your drive home from work when you were working out uh, if you were th- turn off the radio and just spend some time listening to Holy Spirit but you got to do something to create that space
0: and you would be amazed at how many do-overs you don't need when you listen the first yes. time yes when when you hear the Holy Spirit say don't talk about that with your husband yes. right now you need to wait now Not the time. And so you want to create, you want to cultivate this environment by doing what it takes. You know, we only knew each other six months and 13 days from the day that we got married, from the day we met to the day we got married, right? Mm -hmm. But for 13 weeks, for 13 weeks straight, he drove up here to see me. He created an environment Mm -hmm. for intimacy for us, Mm -hmm. right? He had to change his work schedule. We were in college back then. He even had to get a professor to let him out of class early. But he did that because I was so cute and he could not stand (laughs) to be away from me. That's right. Right. That's right. And so, but the point is that with anything you love, anyone you love, if you love working out, you'll create a space for it. Yeah. If, if, if you love golf, you'll create a space so if for you it. you love eating, you eat a meal, and then you literally, while you're eating that meal, you're thinking, thinking about, about where your next meal but is coming from. your next meal is coming from, right? And so, create some space in your mm-hmm. heart for the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And really, how do you do it? You stop trying to make him so far off, and you understand that his purpose is to give you a victorious life. Yeah. You want to win in life. Yeah. Who wants to win in love? Who wants to win in their health? Who wants to win in their careers? You want to win in life. His job is to teach you to win. No, I'm going to say,
1: and and, and you have to not do things that would grieve the Holy Spirit, right? Yes. You can't can't sit around when things are bad and have a pity party and then call other people who will allow you to have the pity party. And then y'all have a pity party together about how bad everything is. That doesn't give the Holy Spirit space to remind you of all that he wants to do for you if all you're doing is surrounding yourself with negativity. And so I think it's really important when we talk about this idea of creating a space for the presence of God in your life, you got to be conscious of what you do to close them out. You know, it's like, it's like someone wanting to come help you, uh, you know, uh, clean your house, and, and your house is dirty and you ain't got time, but you keep saying, no, 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 and shut the door on them. Well, you don't create the space for them to help you. So we have to create that space for the Holy Spirit to help us.
0: And there are actually two things it tells us not to do to the Holy Spirit don't grieve him, yeah. which tells us he has emotions. Which tells him that it makes, it makes him sad when we're he's leading us in a direction and we're refusing to go, right? And then it says, don't quench him. Don't quench him. And if you're gonna operate in supernatural, in, and if the supernatural is gonna be natural in your life, you have to learn not to quench the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? That's just like, out of all the examples I use, I you I get an unction to talk about modeling. When on, the, And there's mm-hmm. a girl on IG who literally says I was going to go to another broadcast mm-hmm. But I ended up coming here So here's what's happening She doesn't quench the Holy Spirit Because he has something he wants to say to her And I don't quench the Holy Spirit Because I'm willing to say it Even though it doesn't make sense from Arkansas That I'd be talking about modeling right. So we don't want to grieve him And we don't want to quench him right. And now you're going to talk about cultivating supernatural right. faith
1: So the third principle that we typically talk about Is this idea of cultivating supernatural faith well, how do you cultivate supernatural supernatural faith? Well, by doing the first two things we said, which is learning to hear God's word, and then number two, by creating space for the presence of God, right? But once you've done that, you have to understand that true supernatural faith, it flows out of our spirit, not our natural mind. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people are trying to wheel themselves into faith, yes, but you don't wheel yourself into faith. The Bible says that we've all been given a measure of faith. So what you have to do is you have to learn to cultivate what you've been given. And the way you cultivate what you've been been given is you understand that that what you've been given doesn't always line up with what's natural. Uh, I think so many times we know people talk about keeping it real or 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 using common sense. Okay. But 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 common sense only gets you common things. Oh. So no, no, when, no, no. Say that again. Common sense only gets you common things. So when you're talking about operating in the kingdom of God, you don't want to use common Sense you want to use God's, sense. You
0: want to use and, God's and, sense,
1: and God's sense is what did God say? It's the reason that people will tell you those who've ever come to me for counseling, they'll tell you when they tell me whatever their problem is. My number one question that I'm going to ask at first is what did God say? Because if you don't know what God said, now we know what we need to go back to, mm-hmm.
0: and if you
1: know what God said, then why are you considering something else? And so when we, Oh
0: no, don't rush over that. That's such a good point, well, well, it's it's this idea of if
1: I know what God said about a situation, why am I why am I letting something that is operating in the sense realm overtake what's in the kingdom realm? Because the kingdom realm is a higher realm than the sense realm. Teach it. Because the sense realm is only about my five senses. The kingdom realm is about the realm of impossibilities. And so I either decide I want to live by this realm of impossibilities where anything, literally anything can happen, or I want to be limited by these five senses that I have. And so it's important to understand that when we talk about cultivating supernatural faith, what I have to do is I have to eliminate the things that come in my mind that tell me what, what, what has been promised in the higher realm is not available due to something in a lower realm.
0: That's good. No, that's and and good. it
1: just, it, 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 it boggles the mind if you stop and break it down that way, right? Why would I allow a, something in the lower realm stop me from what the higher realm says? It's, it's like if you had two people to believe, you're gonna believe the two-year-old or you're gonna believe the 21-year-old? You, you hope that the 21-year-old, <laughs> we hope that the 21-year-old has more reasoning skills than the uh, two-year-old, right? And, and so the same thing is true. Our senses are like a two-year-old, but the kingdom of God, his realm is like the 21-year-old, the adult who, who understands responsibility and, and all these things. And so when, 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 when we understand that, that's why it goes back to faith begins where? Where the will of God is known. And so I have to know what the will of God is in, in, in any given situation. In order for me to have faith for that situation
0: well I think a good example I love what you said about like once you know what God has said why would you settle for something less yeah and I think on the converse it's like sometimes we see this when someone wants to get married and they will know that God already told them that wasn't their spouse and then they try to use principles in order to try to, to try to make that person their spouse. So they're like, I'm having this hesitation about should I marry this person? And then you say, well, what did God say? And you're like, well, I feel like God told me they were my husband. Well, well, duh, stop. Yeah. Stop. Yeah. It's like once he says, because the promises of God are yes and amen. Mm-hmm. So if he says no, it wasn't your promise. Yeah. And I think that that can be really hard for us to understand sometimes because in our human nature, we want what we want when we want it. And so this idea that that God said that you could get a new job, but not this job, or he said that you could get married, but not this person, or he said that you could go to this place, but not now can be very frustrating for us. But again, remember what we said, faith is not a tool of manipulation. And... Just because God showed you something doesn't mean it's time to move now, yeah. which is the other place that people get caught up in. Yes. Right? So those are just things that we want to help you with to grow your to grow your confidence in your faith. Nothing wrong with your faith, but you need to grow your confidence in your faith, and it comes by cultivating supernatural faith.
1: And part of cultivating that supernatural faith, there's a scripture in John 8.32, it says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. People say set you free, but it doesn't say that. It says it shall make you free. Well, what makes you free? When you soak your mind in God's Word, mm-hmm. when you spend time understanding His behavior, His personality, His character, when you set your thoughts on what He thinks about, and when you get revelation of truth uh, that He's giving you about the Word, then it allows you to produce supernatural results. Amen. So you cultivate a supernatural faith in the same way that you will prepare uh, a garden to receive seed. That's good. you got to till the good. ground, right? You got to get the weeds out. You got to move the, the sticks and the stones out mm-hmm. so that when the seed gets in there, it's conducive to growth. So how do we cultivate the word? How, how do we cultivate um, faith, uh, supernatural faith in our life? We have to make sure we're doing those things that are necessary where we're giving God space
0: to operate in our life. Give God space. Give God right. space. You got another scripture
1: here, Oh, and, and, and the, I guess the, the other scripture that went along with this was uh, Hebrews 12 and 2. Uh, and many of you have, have read Hebrews 12 and 2 before. In the King James Version, it says, Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and he was set down at the right hand of the, of the throne of God. I like it in the Amplified Bible because it says, Looking away. From all that will distract you. That's what we have to learn to do. Look away from everything that's going to distract us. And who do we have to look to? It says to Jesus. Jesus. Why? Because he is the leader and the source of what? Our faith. He is the leader and the source of our faith. Giving the first incentive of our belief. What does that mean? He gave us the measure of faith. So he is the first incentive. Of our belief and is also our finisher. Mm-hmm. So, not only did He give us the measure of faith, He's the one there helping us to finish our faith. I mean, it, didn't, it just doesn't get any better than that. He's the beginning and the end of our faith. If we stay with Him throughout the course of what we're believing for, we will see the end of it. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. And you know, um, so my next point is that you need to add action to your faith. Point number right? four. Point right. number four. You need to add action to your faith. He is the, I love, but I want to go back to Hebrews 12. It says, looking away from all that will distract. All that will so distract. my challenge to you guys this week is what do you need to quit looking at because it keeps distracting mm-hmm. you? What do you need to stop giving your attention to because it keeps pulling mm-hmm. you out of faith? Mm-hmm. It keeps making you second yes. doubt God and wonder if you're going to come out. What do you, because it says, he is. Looked away from everything that distracted him. And I get that. You know, if you're going to live a supernatural life as a believer, you got to get used to people thinking that you're weird. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You have to get used to people thinking that you're crazy. They say things like, it don't take all of that. You know, I can remember, back to Jordan, so many people felt like it didn't take all of that that we were doing. But she's talking now. Yeah. See, nobody thinks it takes all of that until until it, take, it takes all, until that. It take all of right. that but never take advice from somebody who don't have all of that about what it takes to get it mm. So never take advice. Never if you're believing God for healing in your body, don't take advice from the person who just agreed to manage their situation. Come on now. If you are believing God for the restoration of your marriage, don't take advice from people who don't even like being married. Come on. Come on. You have to look away from everything that will distract
1: you, right? Because when we wanted to change our marriage, we found some folk who was happily married. That's right. And we used to ask people, is this live or is it memorable? Is it memorable? Y'all remember those, those old Thing. They say they, 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 you couldn't tell whether it was live or was a Memorex, For those of you old enough to know about cassette tapes We used to ask people before we start giving us advice. What you have is it live or is it Memorex? We don't want no Memorex. We want some live stuff, but
0: I think that goes right into taking action, yeah. right? So you're gonna get supernatural results, but many times the action is gonna be really practical. Yeah, he was like listen I put you guys together and I want your marriage to last, Mm -hmm. but you got to change who you hanging with. Because your environment is always working on you. Somebody type that in. Your environment is always working on you. So when we were believing God, we didn't come from families that had good marriages. I'm not saying we didn't come from families where people stayed married. Or even from good families. From good
1: families. They didn't have good marriages. They didn't have good (laughs)
0: marriages. And so we have both learned a lot of habits that you don't want to have if you want to stay happily married. Preach. And so the Lord was like, so now what's the action step? One, we had to read books about marriage. Two, we had to be willing to let the Holy Spirit tell us when we needed to be quiet. And then we needed to surround ourselves in an environment with people Who were successful at marriage. Hebrew says it like this follow after those who through faith and patience have received the promise. Obtained the promise. promise. So we went and found us couples when we were three and five years met, five years. Mm -hmm. About three years we weren't thinking about staying together, but about five years. Um, We found us couples that had been married 15 years and really liked each other. And we learned from them things to do and we implemented them. And then let me tell you something about adding action to your faith. Mm -hmm. Adding action to your faith is a lot like working out. The best results are going to come from consistency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You are not going to get down and do 100 abs today and have your abs, um, um crunches today and have your abs pop in the morning. Right. That's not how it's going to work. You're going to have to change your diet. You're going to have to get enough sleep. You're going to have to drink enough water. And you're going to have to move your body properly to do it. One of the things, that, which is why I thought it was important that we say that the supernatural is a magic, is because I feel like a lot of times people believe that because God said something, they don't have any responsibility oh, in Oh, come on, come on now. Talk so, about that. So so God Talk said He's gonna change my marriage. Yeah. But I don't have no responsibility to stop cussing my husband out. Come at him. on, come on. I don't have any responsibility, husband, to come home at night or to develop my oh educational my IQ or whatever I need to do. I'm just like God and if your you go to me, you're emotional. I said it what else I said? You said
1: educational. They need to do that too. Oh. With okay. their emotional
0: IQ. Emotional <laughs> IQ, right? And so what happens is, is that people get disappointed because the but the Bible says faith without works is dead. Yeah. It's not just yeah. any work, yeah. it is the work that will bring you closer to the result mm-hmm. that God said. Mm-hmm. So we really had to learn. Our marriage is one of our greatest testimonies of of God super using natural things to super to give us mm-hmm. something supernatural. Yep. That we really had to learn that our actions needed to match our faith. Yes. That it didn't do any good to get in a prayer line. It didn't do any good to, 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 to pray in the closet. It didn't even do any good to say to each other, Babe, I love you and I really right. want to be married. Right. If in pressure situations, we still had the same old raggedy actions. And,
1: and, and the thing that people have to understand is that whatever is in you, It's going to come out in a pressure situation. Come on, dog. So if you don't spend time putting good stuff in you when the time is good, you can forget about anything good coming out when pressure comes. Because if you squeeze an orange, the only thing that's going to come out is the juice of that orange. That is it. So if you haven't put anything in you because everything around you seems to be going fine... Okay, that's great, as long as everything around you is going fine. But what do you do when life gives you what we call a sucker punch? When life throws something at you that's not good, when life squeezes you, what's going to come out of you is going to be all that negativity that you thought was gone because you never spent any time for letting
0: it out of your life. So let me say this, and I think that this is one of the tricks of the enemy. When when people pastors, when five-fold ministry gifts come and try to talk to people about how important it is to spend time in the word, Mm -hmm. the first thing is that the misconception is that the word is boring. Right. And and what I say to what I've been saying to my relentless group is that just because it's repetitious doesn't mean it's boring. Because you should not despise repetitive teaching. You should not despise repetitive teaching. But breathing. Is repetitive yeah and nobody gets up and go oh i'm so tired of breathing breathing
1: is repetitive and necessary and
0: necessary <laughs> so as a believer you have to see the word as something that's repetitive and necessary Mm -hmm. and so what will happen is that people will say it doesn't take all of that or somebody will say well you know pastor sean just does that because you know she pastor sean you know she read all the time you know she all serious well okay cool except then when we get in a situation like this what comes out of you in pressure yeah what comes out of you in pressure because there can be nothing can come out of you unless it first went in. So if all you do is look at a meme that says God is good, but you don't put any scripture in, you don't listen to any messages, you you in a bad marriage situation, you don't go to counseling. And here's another interesting thing about action. Have you noticed that a lot of times people will be in a cycle in their marriage that they've been in for seven to ten years and think two counseling sessions should fix it? They're like nothing happened.
1: Well, and, and and people do God like that though, not just counselors, right? You you do you have a pattern of behavior. You have literally, uh, you have developed pathways in your synapses for your behavior and for the chemical responses to all of those things. And then you want God because you prayed one time to fix seven years of your behavior. When the reality of it is, He can do that. But you have a soul. But man is a tripartite being, right? He ha- man has a body. Uh, he is spirit. And he possesses a soul. And your soul is your mind, will, your emotions, your imagination, and your intellect. It's the part of you when people call you crazy. That's what they're talking about. They ain't talking about your body. They ain't talking about your spirit. They talk talking about your soul. Your soul crazy. Mm-hmm. And you want God to change your soul without you doing any soul work. That's good, and, 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 and that's like when, when God saves us, he saves us instantly. Our spirit man is perfect, but we got some development we have to do, and people don't like the development part, and, and, and that's what people have to learn, That hey, look, there are some things that I need to change. I need to rewire in my brain so I'm not having the same dumb responses that I had
0: before. Yes, yes. I love this. This is so good because this is the, pr- do y'all see how this is the super and the practical together, right? Because somebody right now, you're frustrated because you're like, nothing's happened. But what, what's the part that you have played after you prayed, after you cried? And here's the other thing. When people are in pain, they say they're going to do a whole lot of stuff that oh, they yeah. don't keep up oh, when yeah. the pain oh, is yeah. gone. Oh, yeah. So, it, let's use marriage again, yep. you have a big fight, you done cussed each other out, you done acting a stone cold fool, your kids looking at you you like, oh my god, we gotta do better in those moments, everybody willing to yeah. go to counseling yep. we'll go to counseling, we're willing to do whatever it is that you need to do whatever right now, and then when you have a couple of good days, you go, well maybe we don't need counseling,
1: well it's the same thing, you get a toothache right, you get a toothache and they give you some medicine, I mean you taking that thing religiously, they say three out three times a day, every eight hours or whatever, you own it. I mean, you are taking that medication. But the moment you get to feeling better, you know, you start gradually taking it less. And if they tell you to take it for 10 days and after seven days you have no pain, some people don't even finish the medication. Because what happens is we are all willing to do whatever it takes in a painful situation. But if we learn to do what's necessary Mm. when it's not painful, then we avoid many
0: more painful situations. So because we learn to work on our marriage all the time, Mm -hmm. we don't have emergency situations right. because we practice responding appropriately mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. we have practiced responding appropriately and then if we don't fix it immediately right. so we don't end up with years of build up exactly. that become explosions and volcanoes exactly. that is what we mean when we say that faith has act because a lot of times when you hear preachers talking about action what you think we're just going to talk about is you read your bible Right. That you went to church right. That you sowed a seed Right. We're not talking about that right. After you've read your Bible After you've sown your seed After you went to church How are you going to manage your day to day life yep. What are you going to think about What actions are you going to take Because if you don't and and and, and, look, you, I, and and we ask the question like this sometimes We say what's
1: going to be your regimen Of faith. Your regimen of faith. What's going to be your regimen of faith? Because what are you going to do every day that is going to help you appropriate more and more the faith that you've been given? Because if you're not, it's it's like what's a regimen is like a workout, right? Mm-hmm. What's your workout? Do you do legs one day? You do arms one day? You do core the necks? What 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 do you do? do? You do cardio. So we're so spiritually, it's the same thing. What is your regimen of faith? What is going to be your systematic way for ensuring that you are doing something to develop yourself better and better every day, where your soul is concerned?
0: Because many people use faith. For relief, not deliverance. Oh, say that again. Say Many that. people y'all are a type faith. That. people use faith. People for use faith for relief, release, not deliverance, not deliverance. But Jesus is in the delivery Ooh, business, that's good. not the relief business. And you've got a purpose in your heart That you're not content with it Just getting a little bit better You're not content with just having a marriage Where y'all can't stand each other That you're not content with just Barely feeling better than you felt Two weeks ago That you want everything I say all the time One of the reasons that I go after miracles Is because we owe Jesus Everything he died on the cross for He died on the cross for your freedom Why would you settle for relief when he has made deliverance available? But your actions have to correspond. That means, this is the the non-sexy part of this. That means that there are times when you have to do things that your flesh don't want to do because they put you in the best situation. Mm -hmm. Babe, tell the truth. You don't always want to listen to all them stories I tell, do you? Oh yeah, I've learned to. i learn, I've learned to want to listen to all of the
1: stories that you share with me. You ain't you ain't about to get me to confess. That I don't want to listen to your stories. Uh-uh. See, twenty six years, if it ain't taught me nothing, it's taught me that. I love listening to your stories. Oh. Now, if you got another example you want to
0: share with uh. me, you share something else. I ain't getting myself in trouble. Okay. Well, as we've been on this weight loss journey. Uh huh. You don't we don't always wanna eat the thing that's on our regimen. Now that's true.
1: That's now true.
0: some sometimes you give yourself a break. Mm-hmm. But if you give yourself too many breaks, all the weight you lost is going to come back. That's right. So you got to say, there are some days that you got to say, I really want this whatever cookie, mm-hmm. but I'm not. I'm going to eat this apple. Mm-hmm. And I think that if we don't tell you guys that faith, the supernatural, isn't magic, you're not just going to run up to the altar. Somebody's not. You're not just going to have somebody lay hands on you and everything be magically fixed. Because even think, think about it like this. We've had people be supernaturally uh, delivered from drug addiction, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But when you're supernaturally delivered from drug addiction, the addiction to the drug goes away, but your soul still has to grow up. Oh, sure. Absolutely. So if you became an addict when you were 16 and now you're 36, that's 20 years of soul development Mm -hmm. that you missed, mainly because of this in a crisis when other people were developing skills you were getting you were using the drug to cope mm-hmm. so what can happen for a person when they get supernaturally delivered then they have to do the soul work they're like it can feel overwhelming sure, and now they have to do the regimented walking mm-hmm. out day by day mm-hmm. thing and i think that, that i feel like that's a thing that you have done a good job of teaching us about And we don't always like it, but it's necessary if we're going to have victory because we got to learn how to stay the course. Well, you know, I'm going to let you
1: move on, but this whole idea that people use uh, their faith for relief and not deliverance. Is, is, is really how I feel a lot of people use church.
0: Did mm-hmm.
1: they use church for a relief, that if I go to church, I can shout, I can feel good. If the preacher got a good hoop, then then it, it, it's this entertainment factor, and I feel empowered. And, but, but then they down on their last leg by next Friday because they're not using the word for deliverance. The word should be delivering you. That word we talk about, salvation, that word sozo, it means to be delivered. It means to be rescued. It means to be free from oppression. Mm -hmm. And and I I think that so often people don't see church as the mechanism or the catalyst for freeing them from from their their issues because they're really not looking at it from that standpoint. They're just looking for an hour or two of relief every Sunday. But that's the reason that I, I really am proud of the people of Fellowship of Champions because they haven't... we, We don't have, at least we haven't heard of folk just falling off the wagon, you know, so to speak, because we ain't been having church, so to speak, because we've taught people that the word is what's important, not just this relief of the entertainment around church. And so that's really good. I mean, this idea of of action is really good. I guess I should go on to...
0: No, but... Because I... Okay. Because I think I've said for years that people use the church as a place to get high. It's just another drug. Mm -hmm. So you live a raggedy life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then you go to church, you use praise and worship, you use fellowshiping with the saints to get high, to get a little relief. It's like you got strep throat and you get that shot in order to get some immediate relief but you still aren't free Mm -hmm. and i believe and that's why i believe the teaching ministry is so important to the body of christ because even when you get prophesied to do you know what to do to be able to get the prophecy and then be able to walk it out do we gotta get to this point that we're not using the things of God either as a magical fix or as a drug addiction? Mm. We're gonna mm. go and shout it out. And, and and you can see this by the number of people who love, praise, and worship but fall asleep in the word. Yeah. They're irritated, agitated, aggravated by the word. Why they teaching so long? Why they teaching so long? Because your Mm -hmm. life raggedy. Mm -hmm. And we trying to help your (laughs) life not be raggedy. Because, listen, and people will say, this is no shade to worship. I love worship. Me too. I love worship. But Jesus didn't even have a worship team. And people got delivered. So it tells us that if we ever got to choose. Between worship and the word. We should go with the word. Amen. And I feel like that people need to have. You know what I feel like. I feel like we're in a space. Where people are ready to have these conversations. And they're willing to let you say things. To them that they weren't willing to hear before. Which is that. Listen. We're in a new season. Life is happening. Things are happening that we've never had happen before. And if you want to be anchored, you've got to have more than a song. Yeah. You've got to know what the word of God says. And you've got to be able to stand flat foot and not retreat. I say it all the time. I used to teach a series about it. Don't be a faith punk. How do you not to, if your relationship with God, if what you believe God is going to do, is based on emotion. You will be a faith pump. Mm-hmm. Because when your emotions don't feel it, you're gonna back up and cave in. Mm-hmm. You have to get rooted. So in season, out of season, feel like it, don't feel like it, look like something happened, don't look like something happened. You are utterly convinced that God keeps his word. Amen. 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 And so
1: and so again, you gotta take action. Uh, go ahead and type that in your comment section If you can Take action Or, or type I'm, I'm going to take action Because if your faith is going to uh, Be manifested It's going to require some action Right? And so we're talking still about How to live this supernatural life mm-hmm. And so point number five I know somebody had asked uh, if Point number five had been talked about Here we go Point number five How am I going to learn to live supernaturally? You have to learn to associate With the anointing associate with the anointing. Pastor, what does that mean? That means you need to do a couple of really practical things. Number one, I tell people all the time, once you are born again, the second most important thing you need to learn after after Jesus is Lord, is you need to understand how to operate in faith. And the way you learn how to operate in faith is you need to find yourself a good Bible teaching church. You need to find yourself a church that will not try to be God for you, but will lead you into learning how to hear God for yourself. I think that is so important. you got to learn to hear. Somebody's got to teach you how to hear God. But they don't need to be God for you. Amen. And so you got to learn how to hear God for yourself. You know, there's this idea that people have where they sometimes say, well, you know, if God wants to give me something, then he can just come right down here in my room and give it to me. And he could. He could. If God wants you to have something, he could just give it to you. But the other thing he could do is he could want you to learn how to cultivate your faith, so that you will learn how to use your faith, so that whenever you need something, you're not, you're not necessarily waiting on God. And let me, let me explain when I say that. The truth of the matter is, and this makes people mad sometimes, but God's already done everything He's going to do. Come on, Doc. I paused there for, uh, effect. for effect. So, <laughs> God has already done everything He's going to do. What he is waiting on is you. We are not waiting on God. Mm -hmm. God has already given us, the Bible says, all things that pertain to what? Life and, and God. godliness. And so because he's already given us all things, then he's not waiting to give it to us. What he is waiting on is whether or not we're going to use what he gave us to get it. Amen. It would be like me uh, giving my oldest daughter the keys to my car and saying, hey, whenever you want to go to the store, here are the keys to my car. And she's waiting around on me to give her the keys. It's like i have already given you the keys. All you got to do is go. Whether the same thing is true. God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. He's waiting on us to go. So if you're going to learn to live in the supernatural, you got to associate or cultivate around people who have the anointing of God on their life. Why do I say that? I don't just mean going to church. I mean going to church and hearing prophetic word, being under apostolic leadership all of those things are important because what it does, the Bible talks about it like this. It says it's like iron sharpening iron. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be around other people who are learning and growing with God. Mm-hmm. It's why we always say to people when they become a partner a Fellowship of Champions, we say, hey, we want you to know that we're on this journey together. I have, I don't have it figured out. I think you will say, too, you don't have it figured out. We are figuring this out as we go. We are growing, say it again, we are growing growing and becoming. becoming. And as we are growing and becoming, then we want to grow and become with other believers. Uh, Don't don't get it twisted now. We we love corporate uh, worship, right? We love being around everybody else in our church. But the thing we have to understand is is that we do that because it steers our faith but even over the last six weeks when we couldn't be around him, we haven't stopped learning. Right, that's we right. We haven't stopped growing.
0: That's right. We haven't
1: stopped reading our word. We haven't stopped saying, hey babe, did you, what did the Lord say to you today? What did the Lord say to you this week? Because individually, it's your responsibility to always be growing. Mm-hmm. So step number five, you gotta associate with the anointing. You gotta associate with God's power by hanging out where he is. And so that means that I listen to tapes, uh, I listen to CDs. I listen to podcasts. Uh, I read my Bible. I listen to I listen to to, to to just good information. I mean, you know, everything you teach, you know, in all of your different groups, isn't just Bible, 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 right? But I'm listening to it because there are principles you can glean and learn from it. Uh, and so I li- I listen to lots of people. I read articles. You ought to have a growth mindset. As mindset. opposed to a fixed mindset, mm-hmm. and so God, God wants us to grow. He wants us to become, and so we have to learn to associate where that anointing is.
0: So I want to add something to that. Mm-hmm. You know, in Second Chronicles it says, "If you believe God, you will be established. Mm-hmm. But if you believe His prophets, you will prosper." And one of the believe, one of the biggest areas of dishonor in the body of Christ is that people believe because they have the same value that they have the same position. Now the Bible says that he has given um, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists for the perfecting of the saints that they would grow into the unity of the faith. And one of the biggest challenges for a lot of believers is that believers do not understand that fivefold ministry gifts are a gift to you. And the biggest thing, the Bible says if you receive a prophet, you'll you'll receive a prophet's reward. And one of the things that I always caution people about, when you know that God has connected you with somebody, and and let me tell you something, you know when God has connected you with somebody, and because God connections always bring breakthrough. Somebody ought to type that. Mm-hmm. God connections always bring breakthrough. The people that God has raised up to speak into your life, it'll be just like when Mary walks in pregnant and, uh, and John the Baptist starts to jump in Elizabeth's womb. Because it's a lot of good people out there. But even in the days of Israel, the tribes had a place, mm-hmm. right? Right. And you will know the people that God has put in your life because when they speak, it will literally be like chains break off of you, light illuminates. That's how I am for Apostle Cynthia Brazelton. Man, listen, she can preach. You, Somebody said the other day she could preach the alphabet, and I think I could get free from that because she is just designed. To God anointed and connected us for her to speak life into my life and bring me into a place of breakthrough. The same for you. That's what you do for me. And one of the things that I see a lot of people do, particularly people who have grown up in more traditional churches where they didn't necessarily have to reverence and respect their leadership, yeah. is that what people want to do is you want to receive the prophetic words, but not the correction, And you want to receive the prophetic words while you act Mm dishonorably, while you talk about your pastor. And this ain't for us because we got good people. But you talk about your pastor. You hang with people who talk about your pastor. You get offended. You say ugly stuff, but then you expect to get the reward. Or you do that thing, oh, they just just a man like me. Mm -hmm. See, the kingdom of God is like the military. It has rank and class. And you all, everybody has equal value in the kingdom, but everybody doesn't have equal position. And the truth of it is, is that Ellen and I pastor together, but he is my pastor. I hear from God. He hears from God, but he is my pastor. And I don't get to now go, oh, well, I'm his wife. I hear from God, too, and just be like, oh, freak what you saying, and then want the anointing that's on your life to rest on my life. Now, that's the kind of stuff I feel like we don't talk about a lot, and there are a lot of people who don't get breakthrough because you're disrespectful to the order of God. Now, let me add something to this. You may not say anything bad about your pastor, but you talk too much about other people's pastors. If they're not your pastor, if they're not your man of God, you can keep your mouth closed. We, because God does things the way that He does things. Does that mean that pastors don't make mistakes? Absolutely. Nope. Not. Does that mean that pastors always get it right? I absolutely. No. Nope. But let me ask you this: even if a pastor is dishonorable, does that justify your dishonor? And so if you're going to be a partaker of the anointing, you've got to acknowledge that the anointing is perfect, but people are not. Mm -hmm. And you would be crazy if you go to FOC and know that this is your man of God to fall out with him because you think his post is petty. Or to minimize the anointing on his life on Sunday morning because you think he make too many jokes. You would be silly to allow the enemy to deceive you like that, and I don't think that that's a part of the anointing that we can overlook. Because I just think we have too many people who want prophetic words and don't want correction, or want prophetic words but want to treat their leadership like peers. Well, and I
1: think one of the reasons, and I, you know, I don't, I don't rail against prophetic words. I don't rail against miracles, right? But what I do understand is that even though, and I, and we go after miracles, mm-hmm. but as believers, miracles are not the thing that we sh- should be amazed by. The Bible clearly tells us that who miracles are for. Miracles are for the unbeliever. It is so they would understand and see the supernatural power of God miracles should be so commonplace to us that they're just common. They're just common to us. You know, and, and the thing that. about the thing about prophetic words is a lot of times people want prophetic words because they don't want to spend the time cultivating the relationship to hear God for themselves. Mm-hmm. So they run around from uh, conference to conference, from person to person asking somebody to give them a word and it's all it becomes like a smorgasbord of words because if prophet A says something I like, I receive it. Prophet B says something I don't like I don't. Or worst case scenario, you believe everything that every prophet says. And and now you're confused. And now you don't know whether you're going up or down. You don't know if you're going left or right. You don't know if you're coming or going. And the Bible says in James that a double-minded man is what? Unstable. unstable. What is all of his ways he is, he in fact he goes on further to say and let not that man think that he should receive what anything from the Lord so you don't need a prophetic word to live you need a word from God now prophetic words are great for encouragement. Don't get me wrong. I don't rail against them. I rail against people who only want a prophetic word, and they don't want to spend time cultivating or developing a relationship to hear God for themselves.
0: Amen. Amen. And so that's, I just want to tell you to be honorable. Even as you're seeing things that happen, you can disagree and still be honorable. And so I just want to encourage all of you to be honorable. Mm-hmm. And I want to remind you, if you go to Fellowship of Champions, we have a word from this year. It is that it, it is, is the year of, it is the year great, of great, harvest. great harvest. We not let nobody great who doesn't pastor us talk us out of what God said about our life. And lives. we don't
1: care nothing about no COVID-19. We don't care anything about a shutdown. We don't care anything about a slowdown. It is still harvest time. This did not catch guard off guard. It did not. I think that's why he said... It in December and January, so that when this time came, we'd be
0: prepared that we wouldn't back up off what he said. So it is still yet harvest time. And if you are a new partner, you just became a virtual partner, you've been rocking with us, that word can be yours too. In fact, go ahead and type that it's harvest time, it's harvest time, it's harvest time. It is still the
1: year of great harvest.
0: So then, principle six is practice prayer and fasting. Come on, talk to me, practice prayer and fasting. You know there is um you so funny. This because
1: people people get people get scared when you
0: start saying fasting, but the Bible doesn't say if you fast. It says it says when, when you, you fast. fast. When you fast, right? You know it's I, one of my favorite scriptures around fasting is Isaiah 58. Mm-hmm. He says in Isaiah 58 and six he says. The fast that he has chosen, it's not a fast for people to see you. That doesn't, now, and let me say that, that doesn't mean you can't tell people when you fasted. That's not what that meant. They were telling people so that people would esteem them to be so much. There's nothing wrong with you saying I'm going on a fast. Does anybody want to go with me or something like that? But he says the fast that I have chosen, it will break the yokes of wickedness. Mm. Now, we know that Jesus has already done the heavy lifting, but in our souls, there can be things that are still held up. One of my favorite books, on The, the Hidden Power of Fasting, says something like this. The job of fasting is to clean out the pipes. Mm. Fasting is not for God. You don't move God at all when you fast. Fasting moves you. There is something about the humility of giving up food mainly food, but other things. But there is something about the humility of becoming dependent on God as you give up food, even if it's just you giving up sweets because you need His supernatural power to help you. That opens the door for you to be able to hear clearly. Fasting creates discipline. It
1: does create discipline. Let's let's be clear. Fasting creates a discipline. The ability to push your plate back. The ability to give up something that is is, uh, impressive, Uh, to you or dear to you it creates discipline and one of the things we talk about being in the army of the Lord every good army has discipline every good soldier has discipline discipline. and and a lot of people uh, Christians they lack discipline it's the reason that when pressure comes you can't do what you're supposed to because you lack discipline Fasting helps you develop discipline You want to learn to live a supernatural life Learn to develop discipline How do I do it pastor? Fasting and prayer Making sure that you are doing those things That are necessary to develop discipline in your
0: life No it's so funny because It's so funny because people love to talk about Like spiritual warfare and Mm -hmm. stuff like that But I I mean I'm not trying to be funny It's going to sound a little funny But I'm not trying to be funny I've always been confused by how somebody who cannot give up chicken thinks that they can wage in spiritual warfare. Because all the devil got to do is throw a weed, some chicken, throw, throw, throw some wings. Throw a two piece dinner at you, and now you over there eating the chicken rather than flame. Right. It's like if, if, you, if, if, if food is your God, if food rules your belly, then the enemy, you talking about over here, how principalities and powers, you was being knocked off course by some pound cake. Yeah. So you've got to get some discipline that you. Can say no That you can can push back the plate Because a lot of
1: people As Pastor Ralph said on uh, Wednesday night You serve the God of your belly You serve the God of your belly If you serve the God of your belly Then you you are undisciplined And the Bible says it like this And this is why I take it so seriously It says a little leaven let it, Let it get the, the whole lump. lump. Or a little yeast makes the whole cake rise. So if you got if you if you if you haven't uh crucified your flesh and and all you can do is serve the God of your belly, then
0: all the enemy has to do
1: is tip you through your flesh when God wants you to do something.
0: I mean, literally, you supposed to be interceding for somebody, and somebody fry some chicken, and you—it's all off course. You done left
1: the hospital praying for folks, (laughs) and you go down to Popeyes because you can't discipline your belly.
0: And so we ought to be disciplined. And at Fellowship of Champions, we fast every Monday at eight p.m. till Tuesday after prayer.
1: Say that again for the people who didn't didn't, Monday. So for all of you (laughs) new people, all of you
0: new people, (laughs) and the older people who don't forget we still fasted even though we quarantined. Still fast. We fast from Monday 8, 8 8 p.m. to um to after prayer on Tuesday And tell them what we fast
1: from Because we ain't talking about just not eating anything But what what, what what we fasting from
0: Well and we ask the general group To right. fast from no sweets from, and junk right. From don't, sweets and junk
1: Right don't say from no sweets Because right, 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 we bad. said that
0: one time When somebody only ate sweets all
1: day And they got sick We saying to you we uh, when we fast uh, From Monday at 8pm to Tuesday at 8pm We ask our general partners We ask you to refrain from sweets during that time And junk and, and, and junk, you know, caffeine, stuff like that For those for those 24 hours
0: And, but, but for those of you Who, if you already don't eat sweets Or you already don't eat junk Then you need to step take step up To the next level of your fast Which means you need to ask God What, what you should your fast, fast is from. Ask God, don't just decide to
1: be like Well I ain't gonna eat Brussels sprouts when you don't eat them Ask God what you should fast from
0: so, again, fasting does not do anything for God. God, will, God will be who he's going to be. Absolutely. But what fasting does do is that it disciplines us yep. and it gives us some sensitivity to the spirit of God. So I want to invite all of y'all, come on the fast on Monday night at 8 p.m. Central. And then we'll fast after prayer. And, and it'll just... If on you, Tuesday. On Tuesday. when you get into that discipline, you'll begin to see the other things God is talking to you about. You can exercise yes. discipline there. Yes. Yes. All right. And then this last one is our favorite. This
1: last one is is our favorite. Step number seven, if you're going to live a supernatural life, you have to learn to walk in love. Walk in love. You have to learn it. Man, we, years ago, we spent, I don't even know how many weeks. Was it 32 weeks or or 16 weeks? I don't know. It was a lot of weeks that we spent. Hold um, on,
0: somebody on Instagram. We do prayer on Facebook at FOC. Um, at 8 p.m. central and it's usually less than 30 minutes so F-O-C-N-W-A. FOC no fellowship of champions mm-hmm. so- it's going
1: to this www. Facebook.com okay. slash F-O-C-N-W-A if they're looking for it.
0: Okay, if you go into search and just go Fellowship of Champions, you can find it. Or that, we'll put the information in there. So that's when we do prayer on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. It's live to the public on this same page if you're on Facebook. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Walking in love. Let's so, talk about So again, it. I was just saying,
1: we spent an incredible amount of time talking about walking in love. One of the things that, that we, we used to say all the time is that love is the, God's love is the preeminent force in the universe. And when we say walking in love, we're not talking about how much you love God. It's about you understanding how much God loved us first. Because God loved us so much that what we give back to him is is, is really just our reasonable service. right? It's just our reasonable service. Romans chapter 13 verse 10 says, Love worketh no ill toward its neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. When, when the, the Bible, uh, in, the, in, in the book of Matthew, I believe, it talks about, um, uh, uh, about you know, what is, the, what, is, what is the number one law? What's the highest principle? You know, and Jesus was trying to trick Jesus up by asking him that question. And he responds to them and he says, you know, uh, it's, it's to love thy neighbor as thyself. He said, and the second law is just like it. He says, on these two things hang all the prophets and all the law. And we used to teach that by saying it's like if you put a curtain rod up, right? If you put a curtain rod up and you let one of the hooks down, then the curtain's going to slide all the way off. Well, if you put it up on this side and let this hook off, they're going to slide that way. So the only way you keep the law, the only way you keep uh, every principle that God has said, it's got to be hanging on that curtain rod and that rod is love. And it's got to be that you love your neighbor, you love God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your body. And the second one is like unto it, did you love your neighbor as you love yourself. He says on these two things. So you got to love God with all your heart, but you got to love your neighbor in the same way you love yourself. He said, if you do these two things, and you fulfill everything else in the Bible. And so that's why love, walking in love, is just so incredibly important.
0: Well, and also the beauty of it is that just like he gave us a measure of faith, it says the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts yeah. by the, Holy, by the Ghost. Holy Ghost. So he doesn't even ask us to love people from our own will. Because
1: you know we couldn't. Oh, we wouldn't. <laughs> Either way, right. but he said, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a helper, a comforter, the paraclete who will help you do this, the Holy Ghost, that'll help you to love.
0: That's so good. he says, You can't love me right mm-hmm. and you can't love yourself right yep. wow. and you can't love others right wow. so i'm gonna give you my love mm-hmm. and teach you to love from there yes. now i think it's important to say this a lot of people hear this scripture and then they allow themselves to be abused and call it love yeah but the bible says to love the lord your god with all of your heart soul and your mind god did not create you to be abused no. It's important to note that there is a difference between being persecuted from the gospel and being abused. Right. Somebody who is being beat up because they're preaching the gospel, that is very different than being beat up in your home. That's not the same thing. That's not, that's not the same thing as being involved in a toxic relationship or your boss cussing mm. you out every day. Mm. He says to love the Lord your God with all, with all, all of your of heart, your soul, soul, and mind and to love your neighbor as yes. yourself. God never asked us to take ourselves out of the equation. Now he didn't ask us to put ourselves first in the equation. He didn't ask us to only consider ourselves, but the, here, let's add this. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm -hmm. Now here's where people get love twisted sometimes. The Lord specifically gave you an instruction about how much money you could give your sister, Mm -hmm. right? And then now you got this scripture running in your head from a twisted place. Your script your sister needs more money than that money. That money's gonna actually put your family in a bad situation. Right. But you think that you owe her to love her enough to give it to her when giving it to her violates it violates what God told you to do. If you love me, keep my commandments. It violates loving yourself. And ultimately, it violates loving her. Because if it had been good for you to give it to her, he would have told you. Yeah. And, that's, and again, I can't stress this enough. It's why I
1: keep going back to saying to people, what did God say? Because people have put themselves in abusive situations trying to walk in love. But walking in love never required you to be abused. You know, I know people who have, have, have so much church hurt because they were trying to walk in love toward their leadership. But leadership was really manipulating them and using them, you know. Uh, and, and I believe that love and respect has to be a mutual two-way street. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't ask people in the ministry to do anything I wouldn't do. But that also doesn't mean that I do what they do. We all have to do different things. Mm-hmm. They don't preach on Sundays, but I, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't greet to usher. But but both of those things are necessary. But I wouldn't ever make anybody feel bad because they couldn't do it, or even if they wouldn't do it. You know, I believe that if someone won't do it, God will raise up somebody who will. And you don't have to allow yourself to be um, treated poorly or manipulated. Or are you, the words you use, abused by by leadership in church, by your boss at work, by your spouse, by your family, by your... I wouldn't let my kids make, make me feel that way and treat me that way. That's why understanding, when we talk about walking in love, it's about how much did God love me. Mm-hmm. Yes, God loved me enough to be long-suffering with me. So I'm going to be long-suffering with people. But that don't mean that I let people abuse me while I'm being long-suffering with them. You know, and so I think that's a that could be a whole broadcast all in by itself. You know, there's we so many. We talk people. about that next week. Let's talk about. I, that. I'm not agreeing to that just on camera. I'm just saying it should be uh, something that people could talk about. We're teaching together next week. We might could do that, uh, and we'll see. Uh, I, I I've learned not to make commitments that I can't keep.
0: So uh, where are you gonna be next Sunday? I, I, you may be doing this by yourself next oh, week. Oh no! <laughs> how many of you think we should come back together next week? That's right. Everybody say yes because that's how we are coming back. No, but I think that this is an important thing as we wrap up. Yep. I think those are our seven steps. Those are our seven steps. I and the great or principles. 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 The great thing is, is that the seven steps ended up on one video. So even though the other video went away, all seven steps are on this last video right here. Oh okay right I don't know. no it maybe, is maybe so. it is and so listen i just want to tell you that when you're looking at loving god right stop trying to love god out of your will let the love of god be shed abroad in your heart And he will teach you what to do in order to be victorious because he is a good and gracious God. Now, we're going to wrap up. Listen, if you want to accept Jesus as your personal Savior, it's real, real simple to do. All you have to do is invite him into your heart. Say that you need a Savior. That you recognize that he died as the appropriation for your sins. That he died as the payment for your sins. And you want to accept him as your Savior. That's what you need to do. And then... You need to invite him in your heart, confess with your mouth, and you are saved. And then tell us. We want to know. It. So if you've accepted Jesus, you can raise your hand or you can send us a message. We're super excited about that. And then we want to invite you. If you want to be a virtual partner, you can send us a message. Or oh, you, you can, can just put it in the, comments. You can you can in the we'll comment section. put will put through these. That you want to yes. be a partner. We're happy to have you. And then we want to talk to you about giving. Ralph, can you post the scriptures about giving again? We know it's pinned, but there are so many. scriptures. The the, the the, I'm sorry, I just said but can he post it again because then people can see it right there. So we have so many ways to give. We've tried to make it so easy for people to give and I want to thank everybody who used text to give because Pastor Edwin wasn't sure if text to give was really going to work and I really fought for text to give so thank y'all for using text to give and if you've never used it, go ahead and use it today to fully support my position (laughs) that text to give is an amazing resource right? And so we love you guys so much, and we believe God for your lives. Yes. And we are believing God specifically this week for whatever financial breakthrough that you need. Whatever, God, whatever you need that God will show you where your resources are. He'll give you favor with whoever you need favor for. And we just want to encourage you to hear God and to obey God. So, partners, we want to challenge you to give your tithes and offering as you always do. Visitors and guests, we would love to have anything that the Lord lays on your heart. You can also give to the scholarship foundation. We would really appreciate that. We have these kids who are still going back to school in August, even if they do it virtually. So, you want to be, you want to give your life to Jesus. All you have to do is pray the prayer of salvation, and then I encourage you if you give your life to Jesus. Get connected with a good church that's gonna help you grow in the things of God. You wanna be a virtual partner? Just be like I am. I wanna be a partner. And then shout out to all of the givers, all of the people who keep the ministry operating, who allow us to get the new technology like MIM. What's it called? Mimbo. Mimbo and all the extended battery and all of that stuff. We love you. And that's all I got to say today. What you got? I just want to remind
1: you that on Tuesday night on our Fellowship of Champions page at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time, we come together for corporate prayer. Usually lasts between 15 and 30 minutes. It is a wonderful opportunity. We pray for our partners. They pray for us as pastors. Uh, we pray the word of God that he has given to, to us as a ministry. And those of you that are, want to be partners, we encourage you to. Uh, Come on in here, Tuesday night at 8 p.m., and then on Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, 8.30 Central Standard Time, we have what is called Refresh Bible Study, and our assistant pastor, Pastor Raphael Marlowe, he does that Bible study, uh, and you can watch it directly from his page or from the Fellowship of Champions page. It's usually uh, in, in both places. And then come back here and meet us again uh, at 10 a.m. on next Sunday. Listen, if you get a chance, wherever you live, if it's nice outside, go outside and get you some sunshine. I know it's difficult being in the house. Uh, The vitamin D will help you. Uh, The sunlight uh, will, will, will reinvigorate you. So do what you need to do to keep your um, your, your your moods and spirits up during this time of quarantine. And then also I'd like to remind each and every one of you that if you have not liked our um, Facebook page, those of you that are here probably have, but you can certainly share it to your friends. Uh, we woke up this morning, we went to bed last night and 587 uh, new people have liked the page within the last 28 days. Woke up this morning. There was another 53 uh, since we went to bed last night, and so uh, we, we just believe that this is an opportunity for us to uh, to grow the ministry, but also to get the word out, right? To connect to people who uh, we we said we've been saying all along that, that we have people from the north, south, east, and west, and and maybe this technology is the way we'll get to them. Amen. Amen. And so, just encourage you to do that. We love you. Thank you for coming again. If you get an opportunity. Uh, If you get an opportunity to give, you can do that. Uh, If you have a testimony, uh, if this word blessed you, uh, you know, go ahead and type in the comment sections. You may think that that we don't see this, but we go back through these afterwards uh, to see if there's questions, to see if there's comments, to see if there are things that we need to do to improve. Listen, if you got feedback for us, if we were too far back, if we were too close up, if you couldn't hear us, if we talked over each other too much, you know, you know, be nice in your feedback, but give us feedback, and we'll take that and we'll try to improve on it because we want this to be a good experience for you. Uh, because this is actually more difficult, at least for me, doing it this way than if we were uh, in person. And so, uh, we want to improve on this. So, for
0: the for the record, the feedback is that we should teach together next week. I already read the comments. So I haven't read that yet. So we'll we'll, we'll have to see. <laughs>
1: how,
0: we'll be back together.
1: How that goes next week. All right, God bless y'all. Thank you so much. And uh, sorry about the technical difficulties. We'll we'll believe we'll have that fixed by next week and we'll try this again. All right, love you guys. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thanks for staying with us. (laughs) Bye-bye.